Hello and welcome to Encouraging Others in Loving Jesus. I'm your host, Kim Smith, and this is episode 240. Beware of I will make myself thinking. That may seem like a strange title to you, but hopefully in the next few minutes you will get an idea of why this was birthed in my mind. We have spent... I don't know, a year or so now, about talking about the life of King David. And last week, we spoke about some of David's last moments uh, when he was cold and his people around him, not family, but his people around him, recruited someone to lie with him and keep him warm. That's a story in itself, and so we ended up talking a little bit about your end-of-life wishes because that's where David was in that particular season of time, and he's still there as we jump into 1 Kings 1, 5 through 7 today, but we're really not going to talk much about David specifically. So I want to remind you of some of the background because if I don't, this can get confusing. And even if I do, it can still get confusing. Because David, the man after God's own heart, David, the leader of Israel during the time of the golden age of Israel, David, the one who wrote a good portion of the songs that are included in the book of Psalms. David, the ancestor of Jesus Christ. David did not always make the wisest of choices. This is just a fact. He was a hero. He is the David from David and Goliath. He had the faith that God and the, you know, the God, the Lord of heaven's armies was much more powerful than that big giant that was spouting all sorts of nonsense. And he was on the run from King Saul for about 10 years. Like, he had been through a lot. But the part that's so hard to read out of David's life is his family life. Not his life with his brothers and with his dad. Not that part of the family life. Even though that wasn't the greatest of relationships either. But David's family life, when it comes to his wives, there's the problem, his concubines and his many, many children. And as I was thinking about this this morning, it just amazes me that David and then Solomon, who we will be venturing into his life coming very soon, thought that it was a good idea to have more than one wife and more children than one wife will birth. Because that's where the problems come in today's short story. So we're only doing 1 Kings 1, 5 through 7 this week. We will continue with this story of Adonijah. Now Adonijah may be a new name to you. You've heard me talking in previous lessons about Absalom, who was a son of David, who rebelled against David, tried to take over David's throne, and did for a season of time. 
and died in battle. And David returned to the throne of Israel. And David's sons, at least the ones we know about up to this point, they're just messy. Like, they're just unruly. And we see in today's very short account one of the reasons why that is probably so. Adonijah, at this point, was the eldest living son of David's many. Like, he... Ah, he, he and his relationships with females and the children that were brought into this world as a result and the chaos that this caused for these children. I mean, they stand accountable for their decisions. That's just a fact. But David stands accountable for not showing them a godly example of a father who loves one wife and honors her and as a result of the wild oats as we say that David sowed boy he ended up with some wild stock coming out of him so let's read these verses and let's take this apart and you will hear that I will make myself phrase and know that we definitely are coming back to that. So this is 1 Kings 1, 5-7 from the NLT. About that time, David's son Adonijah. So in other words, David is seemingly about on his deathbed. And instead of his family being all around him, loving on him, serving him, and taking care of his needs, they have to hire help. And what is his eldest son doing at this time? Well, let's see. About the that time, David's son, Adonijah, whose mother was Haggith, began boasting, I will make myself king. So he provided himself with chariots and charioteers and recruited 50 men to run in front of him. Now his father, King David, had never disciplined him at any time even by asking, why are you doing that? Adonijah had been born next after Absalom, and he was very handsome. Adonijah took Joab, son of Zeruiah, and Abiathar the priest into his confidence, and they agreed to help him become king. And I just added verse 7 not too long ago, because really I, will, I know that I'm going to add it to next week as well as we go into the next segment of this sordid story in the history of David and his children. But, like, there's so many things in this that should disturb you. Because it surely disturbs me. So, while David is ill, very ill, and, like, not long for this world, his oldest son, instead of being there and making sure that dad is taken care of. No, 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 no. He's plotting. He sees an opportunity to take advantage of the situation. And he says, I will make myself king. Because he feels like David is too weak to argue. And David has been clueless all of Adonijah's life. He's never disciplined him. He's never even asked, why are you doing that? So why in the world would he ever 
have a problem with Adonijah making himself king. Like, I get his thinking. Sad as it is, I understand it. Because why in the world would he ever dream that David would possibly interfere with his grand plans to make himself king? And David would not have. As we find out in next week's storyline, David would not have. David was clueless again, even though he was lying there. He did not have good intel. Like with Absalom, he did not have good intel in the fact that Absalom for years had been getting the attention of the people and drawing them to himself with that kind of allegiance so that when he said, it's time to roll, the majority of the people followed him instead of David, like David was clueless. And now David, in end of life, he has no idea what's going on around him, and he already had plans for the throne. He had already decided, he had already made a proclamation to some people, the people who knew him best, as to who he was going to name king. But Adonijah wasn't worried about that because dad's clueless and dad's not going to say anything anyway because dad has never disciplined me. And so that in itself is just, just heartbreaking that Adonijah... Absalom and the like. Here they are. These these are handsome young men. We saw that from Absalom. Handsome young men. And so they've got that political face. Like people are going to like want to put them on billboards if there were billboards back in the day. They would they would make great politicians. They would make great kings because they had that presence. They had that look. And Yet David, as their father, either he had been too busy with kingdom business, and I don't mean godly kingdom business, but the kingdom of Israel, or too busy with his multiple wives and concubines, but somehow, some way, these boys for sure fell through the cracks. Because they have no respect for him. We saw back in the first time we were introduced to Absalom, there was a reason Absalom was angry at his dad. Because his full sister had been raped by another of David's children. And David did not do a thing about it. Like... If you take the storyline of David's parental interactions, including the one that will come up, I don't know, maybe two, two, three weeks from now, where David is passing along the throne to Solomon. Spoiler alert, Adonijah doesn't win at this attempt. But it's heartbreaking to me. It always is heartbreaking to me when I hear David giving Solomon the loose ends that he didn't tie up and putting that on young Solomon to pretty much say, I didn't do my job, but I want you to fix it. Like, So we could have made this lesson about David, which it's not. But like, do realize that there's a reason that we discipline young people, whether they are our children, our grandchildren, our nieces, our nephews, or 
the kids we take care of in Sunday school. This, this is the type of behavior that's going to happen if we do not show them proper boundaries. But what we see out of this is Adonijah has in his mind, he's, he's going to make himself king. And that's why I ask you in your week, weekly assignment feature to identify your strongest, I will make myself temptation. Is your problem, you're probably not saying I will make myself king, but what are you saying? I will make myself the wife of that handsome guy at work. I will make myself powerful beyond measure. I will make myself rich. I will make myself have everything that I've ever dreamed of. And on and on and on and on. I will make myself temptations that we have. And we live in a world that applauds the I will make myself thinking. Like, I am recording this in 2023. Don't know when you're listening to it, but I can pretty much guarantee that it is no different whenever you're listening to it. Because it is the mentality, especially in the States, especially here, that it's all about me. And I need to make a name for myself. I need to have a lot of followers. And I need to have power. And I need to be an influencer. And But it's all about me, 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 me. And it's all about what I can do for myself. You know, we look at this. He proclaims himself that he's going to make himself king. He provided for himself chariots and charioteers. So he's gone out, he's looking for the resources, he recruited 50 men to run in front of him. So he's getting other people involved in this. And then he gets with Joab, the son of Zeruiah, who had been, number one, he's David's relative, so therefore he, he's at least partially Adonijah's relative. But Joab is one that knew for sure, like there's no doubt in my mind that Joab knew who David planned to hand the throne over to. But Adonijah goes up to Joab, and Joab is not one of my favorite characters. If you have listened to the last few podcasts, any of the ones that mention Joab, I'm not especially fond of him. I'm not especially fond of his attitude, and he just takes so much on himself and does whatever he thinks is best in order to accomplish the purpose he thinks is going to work best for himself. And so Adonijah gets with Joab, and he gets with Abiathar the priest, and he gets them in his confidence, and they're going to help him to be this king. And we're going to see next week the people who stay loyal to David and to the the goals that David has for the kingdom, the ones who are really loyal Joab was going to go with the wind. Like, that's just Joab. Nobody needs Joab's in their life. And this whole, I will make myself. So that whole attitude, I will make myself. So how does that philosophy, how does that thinking compare to the godly surrender 
of those of us who choose to follow Christ. Does I will make myself match up to I am holy, W-H-O-L-L-Y, surrendered to Christ. And I'm going to read three verses for you. And I want you to compare and contrast the I will make myself thinking versus what God's word says. Galatians 2.20, one of the most famous verses out of all of Paul's writings. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So, compare and contrast. I will make myself versus my old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. I don't think that the two have anything in common. Do you? Luke 9, 23 through 24. Compare and contrast. I will make myself versus the words of our Lord. Then he said to the crowd, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross daily and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. So compare and contrast, I will make myself versus the words of Christ. If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross daily and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. Pretty much comes down to that I will make myself lifestyle and thinking versus I surrender all to my Lord. All that I have been, all that I am, and all that I ever hope to be the song just began to just flow into my heart just then. The lyrics to the song, To God Be the Glory. Because either we live this life to bring glory to ourselves and we face God's judgment for that life or we live to bring glory to Christ and we stand at the day of judgment and present that life to him I don't know about you but I want my old self to be crucified with Christ. I want to be reminded daily that it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life 
in this earthly body is going to be lived by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I want to be a follower of Christ. I want to give up my own way. As hard as it is, I want to give up my own way. I want to take up my cross daily and follow him. I do not want to try to hang on to my own life because I know that I will lose it. But I want to give up my life for his sake and know that he will safely hold it in his hands. Dear Father, I thank you for every person who is within the sound of my voice and thank you for what you have done as you have worked in my heart and mind to prepare this particular lesson. Dear Father, we live in a world, whether we live in the States or we live elsewhere, where I will make myself thinking and ambition is applauded, encouraged from, from the get-go. But dear Father, that is contrary to the Christian life as described in your word. Dear Father, for each person within the sound of my voice, I pray, dear Father, that you would remind them that they have been crucified with Christ, that they no longer live, but it's Christ who lives in them. And the life that they live in their earthly body should be lived by trusting in your Son, who loved them and gave himself for them. Dear Father, I pray that they will want to be your follower and they will give up their own way, take up their cross daily, and follow you. That they will not continue to hold on so tightly to their own life. But dear Father, that they will lose it for your sake. And dear Father, for anyone within the sound of my voice who does not have a personal relationship with you, this may seem like an absolutely foreign concept to them, the fact of not taking control of their own life and doing what they want. Dear Father, I just pray that you would convict them this very moment, that you would help them to see that they have one life, one life to live, and the only one that matters is the life lived for you, the one that produces fruit of godliness and treasures in heaven. I just thank you so much. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in. Remember this podcast is free for you to listen to. It's free for you to share with others. I encourage you please share. Uh, please take a moment to just fill out uh, the survey information. It's very short, but on each of the podcast platforms, you'll be able to rate uh, this podcast between one to five stars. And I'm not going to tell you what to rate. That's totally up to you. And you have a place for com comments. I was about to say compliments, but comments, whatever they may be. And that really helps others to find this podcast because my goal from day one was to be obedient to God as he called me to just turn on the mic and start talking about his word. And I continue to do that. We're on episode 240. Oh my goodness. And uh, just don't know exactly 
what the future holds, but I just want to be obedient. I thank you so much for tuning in. You can get to all the podcast episodes on my Podbean site. The QR code is at the bottom of the show notes. All the resources are down below. There's a couple of scripture graphics. I don't usually do two, but those two scriptures just grabbed hold of my heart, and I wanted to share them with you. Please tune in next week. We're going to see and hear from somebody we haven't heard from in a long time in the life of David. And I honestly did not realize that this particular person who had had such an influence on David's early life was still around to have an impact on David now. And uh, he really is a person that God uses. He used him in amazing ways early on in David's kingship, and God is using him now to wake him up, to point him in the right direction. So hopefully I did enough of a teaser there to get you to listen in next week. And and then just remember, it's always a trust and obey kind of day. Mm -hmm.